Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, is known for being explicit, fun, and women-run. That's why we've partnered with Explicit Essentials to bring a special discount to our listeners. What is Explicit Essentials? Bath, body, and beauty products featuring bad words and good vibes. Wield the taboo like the powerful bitch you are. Still not convinced? Explicit Essentials uses premium, ethically sourced, cruelty-free ingredients for their small batch, handmade products. Even better, with our code WHAMBAM20, you'll get 20% off your badass purchase. To support us and a fantastic women-run independent business, visit shopexplicitessentials.com and remember to use WHAMBAM20 at checkout. Get flirty and stay explicit. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, is a podcast that discusses sex, intimate and sexual situations, sexualized anatomy, alcohol, and substance use. Naughty language will be used. We recommend listeners be 18 or older, as some content will not be suitable for younger listeners. Individual episodes may contain additional content warnings. Please refer to these at the start of each episode to keep yourself safe. Most importantly, have fun and enjoy. Welcome to Wham, Bam, Thank You, Ma'am, the smuttiest, sluttiest podcast this side of literary analysis. I'm Corinne, and I'm here because I studied literature and media in college, and I thought this was a good idea, and I brought these hooligans together to do it after, I think, Andy, you're the one who made a joke on stream? Either way, Andy, why are you here? I'm here because I made a joke on stream. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Andy, also known as Super Andiness on most platforms. I am here because I have been ingratiated into fandom culture from an age before it was probably responsible for me to be ingratiated in fandom culture. Roxy, why are you here? Like a moth attracted to flame, I too attract myself to mentally unhealthy situations. <laughs> are you calling us a mentally unhealthy no, situation? No, no, I'm no, mentally no. unhealthy in your situation. <laughs> I am also mentally unhealthy. Oh, shit. <laughs> I rest my case. Hi, my name's Roxy. I'm a mental health professional, and I also stream on Twitch under the handle Psyche Siren, and I love romance novels, and I try to get these fan fiction degenerates to understand real literature, and they're shaking their heads at me, but today, I picked a good one, you little shits. I did it again, two for two. You did two for two, really you one. did pick yeah. a really good one. I do want to be clear, Roxy is not our therapist. We are mentally ill, but she <laughs> is not our therapist. Shout no. out to Maya. Hi, girly. <laughs> I don't currently- Wait, are you shouting out your therapist? Maybe. I don't currently have a therapist, but I, I'll, I'll be getting one. You know, it, it's a tough process. You're dating around <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to find that perfect <laughs> mental health professional for you. You're joking, but that's actually how it is. I know how <laughs> it is. That's not a joke. <laughs> I, I forgot you were a therapist. My bad. <laughs> Two seconds after she said she was a therapist. I, I cannot count how many times. We'll have, like, group chats, and these people will say something concerning. And I'm just like, oh, hey, how we doing here? And they're like, oh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, well, whenever she joins voice calls after we've been talking about something, like, heinous, be like, oh, mom's here. We can't talk about that anymore. She has to report us. I will say, if you call your therapist mom, it has happened. We don't think any less of you. We equate it to, like, like accidentally calling a teacher mom. Mommy is where I draw the line. <laughs> well, I mean, if your 
patients are calling you mommy, I think you're not, they're not patients anymore. And I think you're now a dominatrix. You're getting paid for a different mental health service. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, hi. Don't you love that we've interrupted your your, uh, intro like 40 times now? I, it, it. It's better this way. I do want to say that I think of you as a friend first and a therapist second. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's why we forget and say disturbing things to you. (laughs) And then it's like, hey, bestie, listen, hold on. (laughs) Suddenly this isn't a safe place. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you see how they treat me? I, I bring us a good book and this is this is the thanks I get. Well, we're a couple of degenerates. Of course it is. You bring us wholesome yeah. love stories. And we bring you whole. <laughs> Sometimes. Whereas uh, I appear to bring cannibalism and Shrek. I'm still recovering from Shrek. I know we've had like a, a few things in between, but like I felt like I was reliving the trauma listening to the, the podcast episode. There's a reason it was late and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it was a lot. Shrek Shrek broke us in a way I don't think we've ever been broken before. It's like how people talk about like the before pandemic and after <laughs> pandemic. We're before the Shrek porn book and after the Shrek porn book. We can call it the Shrek episode. Before and after the Shrek episode. Shrekening. Yeah. Shrekening. <laughs> oh, even better. Before and after the Shrekening. I've been Shrekened. We've been shrekened. I hate how sexual this sounds. (laughs) We we were totally shrekened. I'm imagining the Nickelodeon slime. (laughs) Curse. This is why you forget I'm a therapist. (laughs) Yeah. Awful. This is yeah yeah that's nasty. Awful. And see, but we're gonna we're gonna cut that from the episode, (laughs) right? (laughs) Shrek's cum is definitely not Nickelodeon slime green. Wink. Wink. Talk about a slip and slide. <laughs> oh, no. God damn it. Corinne, take us away, please. Please. <sighs> Shoot us out back. <laughs> Have us look at the flowers first. All right. For our 10th episode, we read Sing Anyway, a Moonlighter's novella by Anita Kelly. After a lifetime of failed relationships, non-binary history professor Sam Bell is committed to a new non-romantic strategy, thirst only. It's the actual drinking where things get too complicated, where Sam inevitably gets hurt. Sam is good at being thirsty, though, especially when it's karaoke night at the Moonlight Cafe, otherwise known as Moonies to its largely queer regulars. Moonies is fun, comfortable, safe. Except for tonight, when, one by one, all of Sam's friends abandon them, disappointed they prepare to leave, until their number one karaoke crush catches their eye. For Lily Fisher, karaoke at Moonies is the only time she can step outside of her quiet shell. She's no longer merely a receptionist harboring big dreams at Moonies. Lily can pretend to be someone else, someone bold, who takes what she wants. And tonight, what Lily wants is the way Sam looks at her across the room as she sings her signature opening song, like they see her exactly as she wants to be seen, like Moonies Lily is real. As the night progresses, both Sam and Lily's personal fears are tested and the real world outside of Moonies looms. But maybe sometimes the real world should be a little more like karaoke. It's not always about knowing all the right words or having the perfect voice. Maybe all Sam and Lily need is a little courage to pick up the mic and sing anyway. Content warnings for Sing Anyway are as follows. Brief mentions of gender dysphoria and fat phobia, and general poor self-esteem by the main characters. 
In case you're new to the show, we've all read this book and we'll be discussing the story and sexy bits comparing it to romance and smut fiction with similar themes, setting, tropes, etc. while enjoying the signature drink of the episode. Today's signature drink is Mooney's Iced G&T. You can find the recipe and instructions for the cocktail and mocktail versions of this drink in our Discord and on our social media, WBTYMPod, basically any place you look. Stick around until the very end for a tingling tingler where we read a segment from National Treasure, Chuck Tingle. First drink of the episode, ladies. I definitely did not just spill some on my dress. Of course you didn't. Very floral. Mm. Mm-hmm. Still too bitter on your end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all, y'all right, Andy? Add more sugar, Andy. <laughs> Get Ben to bring you more sugar. Not to be nasty, but you know that feeling in the back of your throat, like, that's, like, acidic? Yeah. That you get, like, after you've been sick or something? Like, that's what it does to my throat. <laughs> the burn! Mm-hmm. And that's not alcoholic. I'm just a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) No! Maybe try adding some honey. So for anybody listening, this cocktail is one that was made by uh, my husband and I. However, you have to be very careful with your levels because it can get very bitter really fast. But if you do it right, it's very good and very balanced. It's just a little picky. A taste test as you're making it because you don't want it too bitter. It should be refreshing. Oh, gin. Refreshing and gin floral. Gin will do that to you. I love cool. gin. I love gin. Side note, I was going through recipes of other gin drinks to see like what I could use the gin for. Why do so many people, like why are they so obsessed with putting white egg yolk in gin drinks? So it's because gin drinks usually have lemon in them, lemon or lime, and lemon and or lime acts as an emulsifier for the egg white. And it essentially, it doesn't necessarily cook it, but it makes it frothy. And so it adds a froth to the drink. It is better than it sounds. Essentially, it makes it- Think of like eggnog. Yeah, like kind of like an eggnog, like a creamy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it creamy and kind of frothy, which- That's why a lot of drinks will have egg white in them, is for the lemon or lime to act as an emulsifier. Gotcha. I did also see one where someone got the, like, fancy purple gin, and they... Oh, the pea blossom? Pea blossom gin? Yeah. I I did that back in the day. It's so cute, and it tastes so nice. Gin is one of my favorite liquors. Uh, My two favorites are gin and whiskey. Two very different flavor profiles, but, like, the, the two flavor profiles I really like, so... I feel like that was a really hot answer. Thank you. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know anything about alcohol. (laughs) Well, funny story. We can keep this in or not. So when Bevan and I started dating, I didn't drink coffee and he didn't like whiskey. And whiskey was my favorite and coffee was his favorite. So we each were trying to like the thing that the other liked. He was drinking coffee every day. He was not drinking whiskey every day, of course. But, you know, he whiskey was like... Every few days on the weekends, you know. So we would go to bars and he would get a drink with with whiskey. And by by the end of it, he did like whiskey enough, but not as much as I did. I don't I don't know if there's a lot of people who liked as much as I do. And I liked coffee. Like I just drink coffee now. It was just very funny that I was the one at the bar who was like, Yes, I'd like a whiskey, please. <laughs> You both got Operation Pussy Trapped into the other person's beverage of choice. Yes. Why? Why? <laughs> Let Shrek die. Let it. Let it. Shrek is Shrek. Shrek never dies. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Shrek will stab me with a knife. Shrek will stab that you with a knife. It's gonna haunt me. Hey, I want to say that episode is doing real good. 
And Tristan hasn't been seen since. His wife is worried. Damn it. Please let us know if you hear anything. If you hear from Tristan, tell him we miss him. So, does anybody want to give their, like, kind of first thoughts on the book? I, I know, I believe we all like this one, but does anyone have anything they want to say that's right out of the gate? So, I'm going to qualify my uh, opinion on this book early. I usually get the audiobook version so I can be doing other stuff while I'm listening and I also will get the digital book version. I fell asleep listening between chapters three and four to the audiobook. Ben came and hey are you listening to your audiobook asleep or asleep and I was like both <laughs> both <laughs> but then they were still, they were still in the karaoke bar so I was like I didn't miss anything so I missed probably Three, four pages of the book. I feel like it would be a really soothing book to listen to, so I can see why you'd fall asleep. It was pretty nice. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Roxy, thoughts? I was so happy with this book because I hadn't read it yet, but I'd seen some talks about it online in the romance novel sphere for, like, good queer representation, short, sweet, feel-good story, something we could really knock out in a day. And I, I just saw these recommendations and I was like, you know what? We're going to do it. <laughs> and it ended up being even just sweeter and more comforting than I thought it would be. And it was just like, there, there were moments of like tension between characters, but not enough to be stressful, just enough to make the story interesting and like keep you hooked. And I really liked how themes were addressed and... It just, it, it made me happy. This is one of my favorite ones we've done. It was three bucks and it's free on Kindle Unlimited. And I just, I just, I loved it. It's up there for me. Like I didn't know what to expect going into it. And then I started reading it and I was immediately really in love with Anita Kelly's writing. They do a, yeah. a fantastic job. Like the voices of these characters are great. And like the internal monologues they have. And a book that is essentially taking place in one night for the most part, 90% of this book is one night. Having those internal monologues be so good and so lively, I think really made the book feel, I don't know, just really easy to relate to because I've had similar internal monologues to these characters so many times. And so there's these moments where you're reading and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, mood. I it feels so hit right now by the simple statement from this character. For such a short book, it really made an impact. I have to give it to Anita. They did a great job. And this is the first in their Moonlighters series. They have another one that's already out. And then they have a full-length book that I think came out the beginning of this year or end of last year, something like that. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking at the rest of their stuff because this was really good. That's kind of first thoughts. As you can tell, we enjoyed it. It's weird to come in from the freezing frigid cold and be handed a warm cup of hot chocolate and a blanket and be told, here, my child, you're safe now. After some of the books we've read, it was, <laughs> I, I'm in shock. I Now, to, to make this clear, is this? everybody, the last book we read was My Cat's Guide to Online Dating, which is, is not a- It was good. It's very like, it good, but it is bad. not a comforting book. Just... <laughs> It, no, <laughs> no, no. It, it is an experience. I recommend people read it. But this book was cozy. That book was it's world shattering. <laughs> it's like coming from like a roller coaster ride. 
to like, you know, a little lazy river. And you're just like, what is going on? Is this what it feels like to relax? Well, I will say this was written in first person, which is normally like a huge like, what the fuck, dude? No, that this is absolutely how you use first person writing. I really enjoyed that it was all kind of a one night event that like you could tell the author wasn't rushing to get anywhere to a different set piece. Mooney's felt like a character. Yes. I felt like I knew a lot of the people like because most if not all of my friends are queer of some flavor or capacity. So I am like, yeah, I, I know this. I have experienced this. I know exactly what you're talking about. The song choices, exquisite. Yes, the song choices are so good. So so many bangers for karaoke. Speaking of Moonies as a character, I have the description of Moonies that we first get. Still, I loved Moonies in this pure, uncomplicated way. Like children love snow days or cats love tiny dots of red light. I loved its not-so-slight seediness, its sticky floors and dreadful food selection, its weird location in the middle of an industrial wasteland section of the city. Moonies wasn't a place you happened to stumble into during a night out on the town. Moonies was a place you went to on purpose. And even though it didn't actually advertise itself as a queer bar, all the queers knew it was our place. We all came here on purpose, for some reason, some cheap liquor and excellent karaoke reason. You know what's crazy? This book kind of felt like that. Yes. Like you enjoy it in a simple and good way. And you can tell it was written with this community, not only in mind, but someone who is actively involved in it. Like we were talking about earlier, Sam, the main character, is non-binary. And the author, I believe, of this series is non-binary as well. And we didn't plan this, but I think it was recently non-binary awareness. Yesterday. Yesterday. yesterday? Oh, that's amazing. We didn't, it was just, you know, kismet. We didn't, we didn't plan it this way, but it's just, I feel like in in most episodes, I'm very unhinged, but I feel like in this episode, I've been given a Zoloft and like, you know, just, you know, calm down. I feel like we're 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 coasting into like a a cozy a cozy night in, you know? Like we had like a really busy day and now we're we're coasting into a lovely lovely night in with friends, you know? It's yeah. which for a book about specifically going out and having that yeah, crazy night out shit. is is very I don't know, it's just very fitting, I guess, cuz this book is about that high of being out with your friends and then what happens when you come home? Who are you when you come home? Are you the same person? And I really loved how this book tackled that. I don't know if it's necessarily a spoiler because it was kind of a theme that I felt going throughout the entire book is the two main characters, they both feel like they're somebody else when they're at Moonies. But the entire time I was reading, I was like, no, at Moonies, you are who you really are. When you're You're having fun. You dumb fun without inhibition. Yeah, you've taken away the the shackles that society puts on you and you're just having fun with your friends. Just because you like that part of yourself doesn't mean it's a, a farce. Exactly. You can actually like parts of yourself. You don't. No, wait, the Zoloft is wearing off. No, I'm still myself. Okay, I feel better. Okay. That was All right. a really big theme here is that the, the two characters didn't feel that their karaoke selves were their authentic selves. And the entire book, I'm like, no, that is, that is. And when we- <laughs> You dang pigeons. You pigeons, it is <laughs> you. Pigeons. They do have a pigeon moment. Yeah. So at least there's that. But we, we did get a pigeon moment. I will say the pigeon moment is from like, is for like maybe a chapter. It was yeah, so yeah. brief and it was so earned that I was like, okay. I have yeah. no issues with your pigeoning. Pigeon away. It didn't 
didn't go on like for the whole book, like in spoiler alert, Jesus fucking. It didn't drag. It, <gasps> this this story was so compact that it knew where to spend the time and where not to spend the time. We didn't spend the time with the pigeon moment. We spent the time with the having fun and getting to know each other. And then getting to know you actually falling in love and, and staying together, you know, like brief pigeoning right, right there, probably. So start scene. We got Sam, Sam Bell, a history professor who believes they are very unextraordinary, but likes being places on time, which I relate so hard with them because they the, the scene starts with a group chat and they're all texting each other. They're like, oh, I can't make it. Oh, I can't make it. But the but the I can't make it's are so awkwardly spaced out that Sam ends up going to the bar alone. <laughs> and they're usually the first one there to reserve a table, which makes sense to my Virgo mind. You go, Sam. And, <laughs> and they realize little by little as the text messages come in from their less than timely friends that they are going to be alone completely on karaoke night. This absolute sweetheart who is an introvert to a T. I'm very extroverted, so I feel like I can't talk a lot about this, but I felt so hard for Sam being alone there at that table and then being introverted. I, oh my God, like- I specifically- Yeah. Yeah, I specifically (laughs) called out like the- Ah, yes, the waiting for people to show up as you scroll through social media sites awkwardly, yeah, hoping nobody yeah. notices you. I've been that so many times because I, I am extroverted in the correct company, but I actually have a lot of social anxiety. So when I'm alone, I turn into a completely different person. So when I'm waiting for people to show up, I was like, oh, God, Sam, I felt that before. Yeah, and Sam was talking about, like, going through Instagram and, like, having already seen everything and just refreshing. I'm just like, oh, honey. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, like, you could be doing anything else, Vincent. You're just like, oh, God, just look at the phone. Hope no one notices that you're here alone. Oh, God, you have, like, the internal monologue of what everyone thinks of you being alone, which I feel like for people without social anxiety... That probably doesn't happen, <laughs> but if you have social anxiety, you think it's weird that you're alone, and so you think other people think it's weird. I'm sure they don't. When no one's no looking. one's looking, no one's yeah. paying attention. No one's paying they're, attention. They're too caught up in themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's looking at you, and I know that logically, but but in your head, still. yeah, yeah. The anxiety so, is not logical. <laughs> so Sam is there alone, except for for the bartender, who's this like. Which hot biker chick. Oh my God. I have that right here. After tossing my jacket around a chair, I walked to the bar on the opposite side of the room, waited for the super unfriendly butch bartender to notice me. She was here almost every time we came to Mooney's and had never smiled at me once. I was equal parts terrified of and deeply in love with her. Yeah. That's a little real. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I felt that before. The the butch scary person, you're like, I don't know if I can speak to you, but also... (sighs) But I sure want to. I sure want to. Oh, beans. (laughs) I'm surrounded by bottom. (laughs) Anyway. Don't make that face at me. No, don't make that face at me. She had Um, it. I just just like butch ladies and big, powerful ladies. I can't help it. I like big, powerful ladies. (laughs) And I cannot lie. And I cannot lie. 
other queer maids in the I have good news for you, Corinne. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> I would go flex. <laughs> I mean, I am again, surrounded myself. between you two. I've surrounded myself with two big, beautiful women. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Should have known. Should have known. As soon as I told you I was six feet tall, I should have known. I'm still so jealous. <laughs> anyway, Sam is alone, except for this very attractive bartender, and they're waiting on their friends, waiting. And as they get up to leave, another group comes in for karaoke, and Sam recognizes them. You know, they're they're regulars. They have a bit of camaraderie. They respect each other's regular tables, and they they they're cool with this group. But they've never really talked. But one of them, they have a crush on. And not only do they have a crush on her, she's wearing a beautiful yellow dress. And they can't take their eyes off her and decide to stay for her song. And I actually have that section as well. I have a lot of these sections because I was like, this is just damn good writing. This is good. This is fucking yeah. good, y'all. Please read this book. It was it, delightful. Yes, it was delightful. It feels real. Like, <laughs> yes. I, I'm already, I'm just going to say it. I would give it five out of five, ma'am. This is my first pure, like. Hell yeah. No one's going to hate this. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you like queer people you will like this book or you are a queer people <laughs> or you are a queer people what if you're queer and you don't like yourself <laughs> you'll then, still then, like yeah. this book then you're gonna me. see yourself like you're gonna see yourself in this book because sam does not like themselves uh <laughs> all right <clears throat> anyway anyway i was already at the bar when she walked in i sucked in a breath lemon yellow dress tonight splashed all over with large blood red poppies her shoulders were draped in a velvet jacket, the same shade of red as the flowers on her dress. Although the jacket didn't hide the neckline of said dress, which dipped low in a glorious V, framing her breasts perfectly. She laughed as her group walked into their table, and I caught a brief glimpse of it, straight white teeth framed by cherry red lipstick, curving around an exhilaration of mirth, before she turned away. She was wearing thick hoop earrings, sea green, just enough of a color contrast so the rest of her outfit to look clever. When she turned, I could see glitter on her cheeks, sparkling gold even under the dim lights. She always looked good, but fuck, she looked good tonight. I scooted back to my table, telling myself it was not super creepy to nurse another beer for the sole purpose of getting to hear my karaoke crush sing her signature opening song. I mean, I did put on pants and everything for this outing. It would be sad if I left before I even heard one song, especially if it was hers. And yeah, mood, exactly. Putting on pants. Yeah, I put on (laughs) pants. I might as well stay for this little bit, you know? And there's another part where Sam's talking about how they have to be out of the house in pants by 8.30. Otherwise, they are in their pajamas and ready for a night in. So that's why they are always the first one to karaoke bar. Because if they wait too long, they are not leaving. And oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) That character reminds me of our friend Karma. Yeah. The the, I have to put pants on and go out by this time or I'm staying in. I feel like they've said that to us before. Yeah. Uh, the only time that I am leaving the house after 8.30 is if it's somewhere I can walk to. If I have to drive somewhere after 8.30, I'm not going. <laughs> but it's it's just so funny. They're like, okay, she's hot. I'll stay. And she starts singing. Of all the songs to be listed in this book, I was not expecting freaking is it carrie underwood yeah it's carrie underwood like, when he cheats. next time he cheats i was just like 
good song. Yeah. It's a good freaking song. It's a great karaoke but song. <laughs> to to watch someone and like they they are obviously being very enamored with the way she is singing. But it's all about getting back at someone for treating you wrong in a romantic relationship. And it's like, Sam, <laughs> Sam, baby, are you, is this, is this a type? Is that- you, okay? <laughs> you okay, sweetheart? You all right? I would like to say as we get more into the songs, because there are a lot of songs and bands like named in this book. I Oh, yeah. I can tell this was an older queer kind of story because there's no mcr there's no panic there's no because we all had that like where was the millennial shit yeah this where this is gen x where was britney bitch <laughs> yeah this, this was this is gen this x this was gen x or early elder like millennial. elder elder millennial this yeah. is like because my older brother is a millennial but he's eight years older than me and i feel like that was well as we learn later sam is mid-40s and lily the love interest or other main character because they both have their perspective in here. She is 32. So that's my age. What? I'm also 32. My spouse is younger. (laughs) I think this is like elder millennial slash very late Gen X and then middle of the road millennial because there's millennials younger than us, but there's also not not many, not many. Mm -hmm. Because I think my sister, my sister who is eight years younger than me, so the brother eight years older, a sister eight years younger, I think my sister is either at the very edge of being a millennial or the very beginning of being Gen Z because she was born in 98. So, mm-hmm. so like in the Neapolitan ice cream of millennials, <laughs> yeah. we're just vanilla. Yeah. We're, we're just, just middle of the road millennial because I'm pretty sure my brother is a millennial eight years older than me. So 93 is the way to be. <laughs> Hot 90. 90. Get behind me. Yes. Yes. We're 90s babies. <laughs> I want you all to know in this recording, we are dressed up like we're going out. We all, we all without talking to each other, dressed like we would to go out to a karaoke bar. And the energy in the studio is immaculate today. <laughs> favorite, <laughs> favorite yes. recording energy. The energy is karaoke. Um, we are ready to party. It is. <laughs> it's like oh that. It's, it's the vibe of right before you and all your friends leave to go to the club and the night is full of possibilities. That's what it feels like right Yes. Now. Yes. This is this is such a magical book. Like Andy said, the atmosphere is so full of potential in the best way. They decide to stick around and listen to this very girl power anthem cut his dick off pussy cheated song. <laughs> and they're into it. And the crush notices them noticing. I have that as well, if you would like. Oh, yes, I would like. I would like. When I caught their eye tonight, though, their face wasn't red and they weren't grinning. They were looking at me like I was the only one in the room, eyes dark and serious. And I was almost done with the song, so the claws of Carrie's confidence were firmly implanted now. I felt sexy and strong and good. Ooh, dog is barking. I felt my dogs barking. My dogs were barking. <laughs> I saw her <laughs> and my dogs Okay, she stopped now. And I was almost done with the song, so the claws of Carrie's confidence were firmly implanted now. I felt sexy and strong and good. And their eyes on me felt right, like maybe everyone else in the room were the real idiots for not looking at me like that. And so I kept staring back. And well, damn, singing at Mooney's was always a bit of a rush, but maintaining eye contact with a stranger while I did it was, was kind of hot and really fucking intense. I kept thinking they'd look away or that I would, but I found I couldn't or didn't want to or both. 
They look at me. I look at them. They look at me. So there's this connection. And she decides to go over and sit across from them at the table. And, and and the whole time you you get her internal dialogue like what am I doing why am I doing this oh god which is so funny juxtaposition to hey come here <laughs> <laughs> like the suaveness yeah of her. Lily so underestimates Girl. her own charisma I don't know if Andy had something to say to this effect go Andy go oh, I am someone who has always been introverted I kind of discovered my extrovertedness whenever I started getting my mental health treated. But I always said that all it takes is 30 seconds of bravery to do anything. And so I would get in situations like that where my friend's like, that guy's cute. I want to talk to him. And I'd be like, okay, bet. And so as long as it's not for me, listen, the most introverted person, 30 seconds of bravery, you can do anything. If you think I'm talking to you about the, the bad stuff, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about positive things only. <laughs> Keep it positive. So it's like it's like in Finding Nemo. Go to, go touch the butt. Yeah. <laughs> Just go, go touch the butt. Consensually, consensually. Go touch the butt and then run back. Yeah. <laughs> consensually. Consensually touch the butt, everybody. God is is that what that this episode oh. is called? Consensually touch the butt? <laughs> no. I have to say, I have now edited like six of these fucking things. At least a third of the audio is us talking about titles. Yeah. Mid goddamn podcast. <laughs> I want I oh, want we'll to say things. Um, <laughs> title idea. Oh, I I know we had a million title ideas for Shrek. <laughs> oh yeah, I think we were just trying to hear. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't laugh, you cry. And now we get the description of Sam from Lily's perspective. It's very difficult because saying two names back to back they stop meaning anything, and I want you all to know that. I do like that it was done that way, yes, though. Yes, yes. In some books, I think I really talked about this in Dragon Queens, where sometimes you have an unreliable narrator because they'll describe themselves in a less than flattering way. Yeah. But we get to view it from the viewpoint of someone who likes them. Yes. And how beautiful is that? How much better would our day be if someone who loved us described us instead of our own internal criticisms? And I love that this book handled it that way. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it too. I like that we got the visual perspective of these characters from the other. Because Sam, as I mentioned earlier, is very down on themselves in their appearance. And thinks they're very boring or frumpy. Or at one point they describe themselves as a shapeless blob, which I really understand. But this was the description that we got from Lily. They shook a lock of hair off their forehead. It was dark, almost black, streaked through with gray and on the curly side, perpetually disheveled. They were wearing a plain black t-shirt tonight with a turquoise pocket. It was a smart pop of color. It also highlighted their eyes, which were bluish green and rather spectacular, which I had always suspected was the case. But it was pleasant, seeing the evidence up close, as they glanced across the table at me. They looked a bit older, their skin a bit weathered, the stubble adorning their chin flecked with gray, just like their hair. But those eyes were pretty as sin and made all the better, I thought, by the fact that either they wore mascara or had the prettiest eyelashes known to humanity. But I was pretty sure it was mascara because sometimes they sported eyeliner too, some shadow on their lids. Tonight, though, it was all lashes. And just like up until this chapter, we had been in Sam's perspective. So Sam really didn't describe themselves much. Just kind of was like, I'm here. I'm boring. I put on pants. And then... Lily is the most gorgeous person in the room. And then we see how Lily describes Sam. 
with eyes that are as pretty as sin and described as disheveled, but in a way that really gives off more of a like sexy, purposeful dishevelment, you know, uh, instead of Sam just thinking, I don't know how to dress, <laughs> which actually becomes a big part of the story. Something I liked as they go in through this conversation, Lily gets to a point where she's like, can I just keep you in my pocket? Because Sam has told Lily some of these like sweet things that they think about her. And she's like, can I just like keep you with me to compliment me all the time? It actually made me think of this, the freaking starfish earrings from Aquamarine. If you're a real one, you know what I'm talking about. You're neither one or real. And I hate it here. This is not I've a safe I've read Aquamarine. I remember it from like the, the book fair. There's a book. Back in the day. I remember the book existing. <gasps> you say you're a real one. <laughs> Yet you do not know the holy text. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, anyway. So, so this is our foundation for the story. Sam is kind of adopted by Lily. <laughs> Lily takes them in and is like, you should hang out with our group. I've noticed your, your friends haven't shown up yet. You know, would you like to hang out with us? And Sam, who usually is like, no, I need to leave. <laughs> all, all alarms going off in their head. They're like, you know what? She's so pretty. I can't say no. <laughs> they, they just kind of get awed and shocked at her and they're like yeah i'll get you a drink too so this is one of my favorite parts and it starts very early on lily goes to her group of friends gets a drink that is already full that is waiting for her there because she said yes to this drink from them downs it (laughs) it's gin and tonic would you sip damn it and all the while, her friends are trying to ask her what the fuck is going on. They're like, why are you, why are you, why did you go to them? First of all, you ignored us. You walked by our table and sat with them. Why are you downing your drink? And oh my God, they're coming over and bringing you a drink. What have you done? And, and she is like, oh, okay, real quick. Their pronouns are they, them. Be cool. <laughs> People feel real. People just feel like real people. It's so nice. They do. Yeah, it was such like these moments have happened where somebody's crush comes up and they're like, shut up, shut up, be cool. I swear to God, do not. Do not embarrass me. Don't you fuck this up for me. I'll remember this. Oh my God. And then of course your friends raise their eyebrows and they're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to mess with Sam joins them and oh they they just have the most magical night yes it's so delightful it's like just them talking and getting to know mm-hmm. each other and waiting for for their songs to come up of course she uh signs them up for a song and she's like I noticed that when you're here with your friends uh, you only go up there if they're with you so I wanted to get you up there and I'm like she noticed them yeah it wasn't just them noticing her. Yes. Like, it's it's purely mutual from the very start, which is so refreshing. There's a lot of There's, pining that's going on. But at yeah, the same time, yeah. they're both pining for each other, and they've both noticed each other, and they both had a thing for each other this entire time, but never really worked up the courage to do anything about it until the time where Sam was alone. And Lily was like, this is my moment. <laughs> Carrie Underwood, give me strength. So we're getting to part of the part that I slow through. Sorry. But 
I will say, I kind of like that you could literally be like, they sang karaoke and got to know each other, and this about Lily, this about Sam, and skip the next, like, three chapters. That sounds bad, but it's just a very succinct book, and I appreciate that about it. It lets us enjoy what's fun, it gets through the bullshit, and then we get to the nice ending. But I I will say... Also, that description, I feel, is also refreshing because it could be describing anyone's parents. Like, oh, how did your parents meet? Oh, they they went out to karaoke and they got to know each other. Like, that's such a normal, healthy response. Mm -hmm. Like, so many romance novels or fanfics, I feel like there's a traumatic thing and we have to overcome it with the power of love and our sexy boobies. Instead. Yeah, yeah, and trauma yeah. bonding. There's no trauma bonding here. I mean, they talk about deep things with each other because but they're drinking. Not. But it's not trauma bonding. It's just, I'm being <laughs> a little too open right now. Maybe because of the liquor, maybe because of the vibe, and because I like you. It's not unhealthy or traumatic. It's just genuine wanting to know each other. Yes. And God, <laughs> it's just so nice. It's so nice. Man. Um, it's nice that it is it, such a healthy relationship and it, it's such a healthy yeah. start to a relationship and they have their little bump because there needed to be some conflict in the book but it's also resolved in a healthy way they talk about why it happened yeah and it's a realistic bump yeah. it's not like i got robbed <laughs> i couldn't talk to you because I- they stole my phone. I don't know. I can't write for shit. Uh, <laughs> I was carjacked and missing for three days. That's yeah, why I didn't answer, why. Your, answer your text. <laughs> oh, but yeah, uh, like Andy said, you know, you can kind of skim through. I do recommend reading, though, because the slow, it's not a slow burn. Because like Corinne said, a huge chunk of the story happens in one night. But it happens at a pace that makes you feel like you're there. Yeah. That you're listening in on these conversations. It, it unfolds beautifully. Like, they, they start talking about Lily's clothing. And Lily goes a bit into why. We find out she makes her own clothing. She made that dress that Sam loves. And Sam is like, what got you into this, you know? And Lily addresses what I feel like, spoiler alert, could have addressed better. Spoiler alert did a good job. But I feel like this book hit the nail on the head of what it is to be a bigger woman in a society that does not cater to your size. It's gotten a lot better, but y'all had grew up in the 90s. Listen, oh, the we, 90s. We, listen, listen to our spoiler alert episode. I don't want to get too far into it, but that's when we really delve into things there. I um, do have this this segment if, if you want. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. But I will say I felt like this was handled in a way more realistic setting then spoiler alert it was in a very casual very hey this is where i come from not a because in spoiler alert she hit a lot yeah well in spoiler alert everything was very heightened because the stakes were high yes the stakes are very low and i think because it feels more realistic it feels like how this conversation would really go wait sam's eyebrows furrowed you made that i did making clothes is i waved a hand around my dream kind of a hobby It's surprisingly satisfying making your own clothes, especially when you're fat and shopping for store-bought stuff is such a nightmare. So you make most of your clothes, Sam asked, brows still in a cute bunch. I appreciate it that they didn't react to the F word, that they didn't try to tell me I was wrong. And 
that is a really big sticking point in for a, a lot of people is when somebody says they're fat, other people will react with, oh, you're not fat, you're no, beautiful. Like those no. two things cannot coexist. And it's like, fat is just a description of a body. It, it, it is neither good nor bad. You would never, if someone was like, oh, I'm too skinny for this, yeah. you know, they would never say, you're not skinny, you're beautiful. Yeah, or you know, It's just a descriptor. It's neutral. It's like saying you're short or you're tall, you know, like, I'm short. Oh, no, 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 you're beautiful. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of morality put on the word fat that doesn't need to be there. And I think this simple sentence, the not reacting to the F word, that they didn't try to tell me I was wrong. I think that really succinctly kind of puts that all in a little package for you because there's no morality on the size of your body. It's just the size of your body. (laughs) Well, that's all it is. I don't want to skip ahead too much, but it that actually does link with a part later in the book where yes. Sam calls her pretty. And she's like, I love that. People have called me beautiful my whole life. But pretty feels like something beautiful can describe what's inside of me. Because that's as a fat girl, that's usually what people mean. Like, oh, you have such a beautiful face. Or, oh, you're inside. You're so beautiful. But pretty is skin deep, which sounds vain. But pretty is like, I find you attractive or like you are attractive. Even if you're not my cup of tea, you are attractive. Hearing someone call you pretty versus beautiful. Beautiful is lovely. Compliment your friends and your loved ones all the time. But there is something special about pretty. And Lily brings attention to that later, which is just like, hell yeah. I had never even thought of it that way. But I mean, it makes perfect sense. But it's true. Yeah. 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 Someone calling you pretty means something different than someone calling you beautiful. Because Lily even specifies that, like, a sunset is beautiful. A forest is beautiful. You don't want to fuck a sunset. But you don't want to fuck a sunset. (laughs) You wouldn't download a car. You wouldn't fuck a sunset. That's going in close. I'm calling it right now. (laughs) I will say, you may fuck a sunset in a Chuck Tingle book. That's so true, though. There's no rules in Tingle Land. Yeah, it, it, the the Tingleverse is vast, and you may fuck a sunset, and it'll be beautiful and consensual. Mm-hmm. Getting pounded in the butt by the concept of of the light, the linear spectrum, or the light. <laughs> a Bob Ross painting pegs. <laughs> I love it. Pegged in the butt by a Bob <gasps> Ross painting. <laughs> there was a podcast there for a minute where people would come on and read Chuck Tingle books. Or like Chuck Tingle short stories and, and pounded in the butt by a sentient Tide Pod was one of them. Justin McElroy actually read that one. Yeah, that one was during the everyone eating Tide Pods thing, which so was very overblown. Everyone was not eating Tide Pods. Like no. four people ate Tide Pods. Yeah. <laughs> Those things are expensive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also don't eat them, you'll die or whatever, but they're expensive. It, yeah. If you're trying to poison yourself, there is more cost effective ways. Exactly. Wait. <laughs> Don't do them. <laughs> Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, does not condone poison yourself. But if you're going to poison yourself, be economical about it. <laughs> oh. Anyway, moving on. A Anyone know a lawyer? I'll call my aunt. There you go. Damn. <laughs> Fuck me. That means <laughs> I'm back from that. I still, it's so hard to come back from that. First, you got the Bob Ross painting pegging you, and then you got the economical poisoning, and I just... That's I'm just worried. worried. I thought this would be our soft episode, man. I want... Smart name. Sorry. I want our listeners to 
support our Patreon, not spend all their money poisoning themselves. Good God, <laughs> Corinne. Good God. <laughs> In the arms of the angels. You too can donate to our Patreon so you don't poison yourself. That's the only two things you can do with your money. And there's only two. I checked. I I researched this. There's only two genders, poison and Patreon. The, the two Ps, if you will. Anyway, all right. I'm going to force myself back to what we were talking about. So they get to talking about hobbies. I actually have a quote. What? I have a quote. From the okay, book. Okay. 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 So, Lily, we were talking about how the, the F word and all that stuff, not the fuck word, the fat word. Okay. There's a quote where I, this had me by the fucking testicular torsion. Like, it just had me. It got your nads. It got me by the, the nads, dude. Damn. Little Lily was so misguided about so many things, was so consumed with things she wanted to change. Too big and too small all at once. And almost everything that little Lily didn't know what to do with, grown-up Lily now loved. Grown-up Lily now knew all those things were a strength. I, God, that's so good. I love that line so much. I love quotes. I have started documenting quotes from fan fiction that make me cry because I'm like, It's a scrapbook of emotion. (laughs) It's fine. I'm trapped in a glass box of emotion. But this this was from a fanfic, and this is what it made me think of. And these these two quotes, I feel like, succinctly describe growing up as an other, like a queer kid, a fat kid, okay? This is a person talking about, like, being shy and keeping their head down. It's hard not to when you feel like you've got to apologize for the amount of space you take up in the world. Like, your very existence is something to be cringed over. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> Ugh. Now, what... Would you would you like to recommend what fan fiction that's from? Or? I kind of don't remember. It was a Magnus Archives one. Okay. There's actually another quote here. When Sam is talking about how they decided to start wearing a they them pin kind of on a whim because somebody was handing them out on campus and then it just fits. When something really fits, she said carefully, you suddenly realize how much energy you've been unconsciously devoting to not fitting. This is... This is a short book, y'all. This is, and it's full of shit like this. It's a short book full of bangers. Like every two pages, I was like, oh, I got to quote this, got to quote this, got to highlight this. For anybody who can see this video, look how full of tabs this is. This book is not that big. (laughs) It's 10 chapters. Like, I don't even think it's quite 200 pages. It is 116 pages in print. And this book is full of tabs. It's good shit. (laughs) So well written, Anita. Well done. I was reading it on my Kindle, and with every new page, it added another percent, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> but I am efficient. I'm a good reader. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there was one thing that I, I thought was really cute and actually reminded me of when we read Heartbreak Incorporated. Sam leaned closer. Some hair fell over their forehead, and they started to laugh. I was obsessed with their laugh. I remembered hearing it vibrating across the room from their table in the past. My second favorite thing about them, behind their karaoke shuffle dance. But having it rumble right in my ear filled my veins with pleasure. It was a laugh that was half hiccup, half snort. It was deeply unattractive and strangely made me want to kiss them. That is, that is heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, yep. it immediately reminded me of Misha's goofy ass smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and how it made him more endearing. Yeah. I, God, it's, that's so real though. That's so real. When someone has a trait that is so uniquely them. Mm-hmm. And you love it. It just, 
Yeah, yeah. The thing that makes you notice them in a room and not because it's classically beautiful or because it's attractive or because it's even good. Just something that you notice about them and you're like, I've never heard or seen or felt that before. I just love that. I love that it was deeply unattractive and strangely made me want to kiss them. <laughs> yeah. This book is fucking so they good. Get to, this is a good freaking book. So they get to sharing stuff little by little naturally as more drinks are imbibed, more singing, more dancing. And they dance. They dance together. There's a bit of bumping and grabbing. Oh, yeah. Get low. <laughs> Ooh. It's just so naturally paced, so heartfelt, pure. And things heat up. They start putting a hand on their thigh or a hand on the lower back. Like little touches start occurring throughout the night in a, in a healthy progression. You know, there ain't no instant motorboat in here, folks. I'm sorry. You're going to have to read the swamp book for that. But <laughs> there's like attraction, but there's also like. They have genuine connections because Sam talks about how they used to sit in their childhood bedroom and listen to this Smith song. Yeah, a song comes on in karaoke and, and it, it opens up their... Yeah, go go ahead, Andy. Sorry, Sarah. I was just like, yeah, that's right. No, why, why are you apologizing? Because <laughs> I talk a lot. I'm an extrovert. You're, you're, you're carrying us. You're fine. <laughs> no, I just need to... Listen, folks, when you're an extrovert with a lot of introvert friends, sometimes you just have to be aware and conscious of like... Not being a friendly bulldozer. <laughs> Roxy's very good at it, in case any of you were wondering. For reference, the song is This Charming Band by the Smiths. And kind of just makes them nostalgic. Kind of, It's one of those songs that like you hear it, and it's it's weirdly like a pathway to eat, like a different time, a different you, but it's like into like your core almost. God, yeah. And they, they share that with Lily, and they're they're still kind of flirting, but like it's it's real, like it's not just a sexual like physical drive. Like they have an actual connection. And Lily goes up to sing the last song of the night. I hope I didn't rush through anything. Anyway. Oh no no no. Okay, and it's a song for her that is very much one of the songs that gets in your bones, gets between that bone marrow. And right as she's coming off the stage, she goes right to Sam, and Sam takes her face in, in their hands and just kisses her. And it's like, Ooh. And I, I actually do have that first kiss. Ah! They met me halfway. I only took a few steps, and they were there, green eyes dark and serious, although their mouth was still smiling. They cut both hands around my face, rubbed a thumb over my cheek. I heard a high whistle that I instinctively knew was Brie. And then Sam closed the gap and kissed me. Ooh. And it was just so cute. So cute. And natural. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cute big naturals here, folks, in your heart. <laughs> the big naturals in your heart are right here, folks. That is still my favorite Andy quote. <laughs> big natural. I think that's from Dragon Probably. Queen. Probably. <laughs> Unfortunately, you are correct. But I do want to say how amazing this author captured that feeling of certain songs transporting you back to being a teen yes. who thought this would be your life forever that th- the world was just unfair and you could just blast this music and feel better about it and I'm like god i feel that feel that yeah <laughs> there's this song by jimmy eat world i i very much i i listen to stuff is it like, is it crimson and clover because no, oh. I think it's called the middle. the middle. That was that was gonna be my second um, guess. Yeah. So when I when I was a teen, 
I very much would listen to stuff like Say Anything, Incubus, Rise Against, Jimmy Eat World, yeah. you know, kind of kind of that scene, Green Day, you know, My Chemical Romance. And reading this book kind of took me back, even though my genre of song wasn't even there. But yeah, the middle where it's like, it just takes some time. I don't want to get copyright struck. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's, it's just so cool how they were able to capture that feeling. This book felt like being at karaoke. And I am specifically looking for the quote and I can't find what page it is on, which is why I've been looking. Oh, here we go. I found it. I should have left then probably if I didn't want the lap straddling tongue stuff to happen. But I didn't. Instead, I stayed long enough until time slid into the blurry karaoke alternate universe, where all that matters was each song singing along and laughing and forgetting that anything other than this, pop songs and nostalgia and queer people, existed. And that, it fucking yeah. got me. I immediately sent that quote to the mams in our chat. Yep. Because that reminded you of our karaoke night, it didn't did. it? did. We had a karaoke night when we were in Michigan. And... Like, I was high on life. Everybody thought I was drunk, and I did. I had imbibed a little. But really, I was just super vibing really hard. I was just so happy because it was pop songs and nostalgia and queer people existed, and we were all there, and we were having fun in our friend's basement singing karaoke. That line just really transported me back to that moment. And that's what this book feels like. It just feels like being at karaoke with your friends, and then a romance happens. Which, I, it's just really magical. It's very well done. I, I do have a question for the ma'ams. As we are, I, I think we're like kind of three-fourths of the way through the story, really. I have a question for you. What is your go-to karaoke song? Mine, y'all know, it's Poor Unfortunate Souls from The Little Mermaid. That's, that's, the, that's the one. I, I love it. That's, that's my go-to. Mine was the Eve Six song that I I sang because <laughs> yes. I know that entire song. Oh, what is it called? Heart in a Blender? I, I never know what it's actually called. Inside Out. Inside Out, otherwise known as Heart in a Blender by Eve Six. I know that entire song. I can sing that entire song. It is like I can sing it without music. I, I can yell it. So it, it's one of my go-to karaoke songs just because I love it so much. It is my yelling in the car song. I also do love a good musical song, though. I really enjoy singing the songs from Dr. Horrible Sing Along Blog. Yes! Oh, my God. Yeah, those are hard to find at karaoke, but I love them so much. I have a few. So when it comes to music, I don't, I've never actually done karaoke. Aside from us screaming All Star when we were all together, (laughs) like, I've never actually done it. So I've actually thought about this question a lot. If I was doing a musical, it would be Satisfied from Hamilton. Because I can do that rap, and I love doing that rap. I also like Florence and the Machine, Dog Days. And I just, oh, Hozier. (laughs) Just kind of Hozier. I'm a dork. Uh, It's fun. Hozier's good. Hozier's good. The one song that I tried to do when we were doing karaoke was Diet Coke by Leanna Firestone. But the the karaoke was very bad for it. (laughs) And, like, I know that song well, but not well enough for bad karaoke because it throws you off. That song is great, though, and is such a mood. It's another, like, growing up with diet culture kind of song. And I recommend it to anybody who hasn't heard it. Diet Coke by Leanna Firestone. It is excellent. And it's funny you bring up how some songs with karaoke, like, don't translate well or some stuff just happens. Something we forgot to mention is, so Lily has an amazing voice. She's an amazing singer. She's always a favorite at karaoke. Sam 
not so much. They're they're not very good of a singer. But Lily talks about how Sam always knows the words, always knows the beat, always is there on time. And I'm just like, that is so freaking sweet. That's just a little thing I want to bring up before we move on to the fucking. Well, and I uh. noted that because it seems like Lily has a competency kink because <laughs> she does. She and I get that. Just a good idea. I also have a competency kink. People being good at things, like or just being. My kink is people having a lot of money, and that can be. I I like people who are passionate about things, and effort really matters to me. And I think for Lily, it does as well because it didn't matter that Sam's voice wasn't good. It was that they knew all the words. They were on beat. They showed up, you know. And Sam may not be able to sing, but they sure are trying. Bevan arrives. <laughs> you have a date at 5 p.m. Bevan arrives at 4.59. Corinne's like, oh, wow. Oh, I'm I'm going. <laughs> well, I'm leaving. I, I did end up marrying someone who uh, I would say is very competent at a lot of things. Very smart. Very charming. I just, I like people who are passionate. So a little bit of a little bit of that. And, you know, I... Andy's like, I'm passionate about my art. <laughs> I, I will say that both of you are also very passionate individuals. And I tend to surround myself with passionate people because it is something I'm drawn to. People who are passionate about Passionate things. tall women Pas- who are bossy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I uh, like passionate tall people. <laughs> oh, you got the sunshine version and the goth version with you yeah. today. And I, God damn and I like it. Both. <laughs> Oh. I, I made a podcast. This is just Corinne <laughs> trying to form a podcast. <laughs> the entire podcast was a ruse. I'm going to make that meme the, no! the, the, of the two astronauts in space. Is it a ruse yeah. to form Blake? It always has been. <laughs> God damn it. So, anyway, anyway, they kiss, sparks fly, and then and, uh, we have. Shit. The hot shit starts, and we also have one of my favorite lines ever in a romance novel. She grabbed my shirt and pulled me back to her. I would very much like to have mediocre sex with you. Yes! (laughs) I would very much like to have mediocre sex with you, Sam. She whispered into my lips, which made me laugh, so it took my brain a second to catch up with the fact that finally she was kissing me again, and her tongue gliding past my lips was just as sweet as I'd imagined. I fell back against the wall, and she came with me, parting my legs with her thigh, her hand weaving into my hair, fingernails scratching at my scalp. A noise escaped my throat, raw from karaoke, and she growled back, pressing her body into mine. And everything about it felt right, comfortable, and satisfying, transformative, the perfect fit. But I just love, I would very much like to have mediocre sex with you, Sam. <laughs> I I love that this is the book that got your favorite yes. line. Like this short, sweet little book with the line, I would very much like to have mediocre sex with you. <laughs> it's just because it's I, so I love real. That. I love it so much. It is so real. Like... <laughs> They had been joking and talking about how Sam's previous, like Sam's ex, had been very good at sex, but not very good at liking Sam. And then they had started talking about how they weren't sure if either of them were good at sex, which, yo, I feel that. I don't know if I'm good at it. (laughs) And like, I just love, I would very much like to have mediocre sex with you. It is such a real moment. (laughs) Roxy's just sipping her tea looking at the camera. Do you know you're good at it? We don't gotta talk about how a man's would rate their performance on a scale through one through ten. This ain't a job interview. Uh, 
what? Wait. <laughs> anyway. I'll cut out the a lot. <laughs> you can leave it in. People deserve to know. They deserve to know that you are hot and you know it. Oh my god. Anyway, anyway. I do like that a lot, though, where they talk about how their ex... Like, made them feel good physically, but didn't make them feel valued as a person. And and how you have to like someone when you're in a relationship with them, or it's not going to work. You have to... It's like I see all these people complaining about their spouses online. And it's like, do you like each other? Yes. Like, as friends? Yeah. Do you... If you're not friends with your spouse, try being friends with your spouse or significant other. Yeah. I... I yeah, I just don't understand why why you aren't friends. I've known Bevan since the sixth grade. We were friends for like 10 years before anything romantic because I wasn't allowed to date until I was 16 and he never asked after up until after college. <laughs> it's the whole thing. But like we were just friends, you know, and to this day we are also friends. We like hanging out together. Since we're both neurodivergent we do like parallel play we just hang out and do things in the same room and we'll talk about our special interests and just blabber to each other you know if, if you can't do that with your significant other like a either work on that because it's a wonderful thing to have in a relationship or b maybe reconsider because if yeah. your relationship's only physical it's probably not fulfilling you in all the ways you need to be fulfilled because you're gonna get wrinkled no matter what you do yeah you're going to get wrinkled. You're going to get old. You're going to get crusty. All right. You can you can be hot till like you're 70. But eventually, honey, you've got to have a friendship with this person. Well, and I will say there is a spectrum. I'm not saying that you should just hate fuck everybody. But, there, you know, you cannot be romantically attracted. Like, you could not form romantic attachments, romantic attraction. But you yeah. can form sexual. Like, that's a thing that exists. Yeah, you can be aromantic. Yes. But generally... You want to, you know, you want to have a good, you know, well, it, it's not romantic to like someone's personality, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. Like, like if, if you are aromantic, you may not have romance in your relationship, but you should still probably like the person you're sleeping with. Yeah. Unless it is just a fling where you're hate fucking. Like that is a thing. Hate fuck to your heart's consensually. content. Yeah. Consensually. But I'm going to, I want it on the record. I want it on the record. I'm going to bring the camera to me. <laughs> These bitches. There is a book I am crying for us to cover, and I have brought it up several months. I have a perfect record with recommendations. Trist! That's fine. Trist, no! We've never said no. Trist, She's being dramatic, please. Six Venom! No, Trist Venom said- I can't, we what's it called? Said I think it's, no, but it is it, 500 this, pages. There, I know, it's actually 600, but listen to me. It is some of the best hate fucking I've read in my entire life. It's, it's woman-loving woman. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bully turned to romance, enemies to lovers, and it's so oh, good. Man. You may edit me out, but you will remember this. <laughs> Trist Six Venom. That's what it's called. I, I haven't even finished it yet. But we can, I am we can do deep. it in season two, I promise. It's just a long okay. book. Yeah. Season, season two. It's a long book. Vengeance. <laughs> Justice for me? We can split it up into two episodes like yes. Dragon Queens. I'm flexible. <laughs> okay. Okay. We can. If you like hate fucking. Okay. 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 A good hate fuck okay. can be really great. <laughs> okay. I'm good. <laughs> this is a demi section. <laughs> sure. You can <laughs> Don't patronize me, Corinne. Listen. <laughs> Okay, I can't believe it, but I'm going to be the engineer on this fucking fiasco that we've got. 
fucking great. I love the experiment. <laughs> I love the interviews. As as our friend Acorn says, content. Content. It's content. Listen. We're making content. I love the energy in the studio today. I just also know that we have a D&D game, so I'm trying to, like... Okay, okay, so we get to the fucking, yes, all right? Yeah. Listen, she slams them against the wall. That shit's hot. Yeah. Slam your... Holy shit, Lily takes initiative. Essentially slam your partners into walls more often. PSA. All right. If, as a truth. As a truth. <laughs> if you can, and if you can't, perhaps ask them to do the same to you. Like, I can't easily slam anyone into a wall. I'm very small. Uh... <laughs> Don't mind pushing Corinne against the wall. If you don't mind it by lifting her up first and then slamming her. I am like that that meme image of the tall lady and the short anime girl holding her up, like the correct way to talk to a short person. The ma'am. I have had that meme sent to me so long. That's just the ma'ams. Yeah, that's how you have to talk to me. You can't look down. You never want to look down on me or crouch, so you just all lift me up and put me against the wall. So they call a cab to go do it at Sam's place because Lily has roommates and it's messy, which is related. And Sam very much Um, is like, yes, I would like to fuck you, but this alley is dirty and you deserve better than that. And I was like, oh. They talk about how the dress is yeah. pretty and they don't want to ruin yeah. it, which would just melt my yeah. heart. They, they and were... other parts of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very sweet thing. When a person, when a partner thinks of your outfit and they're like, oh, we need to make sure this isn't wrinkled. It's like. <laughs> One thing that I really liked when they're on their way to Sam's apartment, Lily is doing something that is really great and I I don't know if I've seen it written before and until the car stopped at Sam's apartment many minutes later I ran my fingers in small circles along that palm around their wrist and up their forearm and back listening closely for how their breath hitched feeling the slightest shiver tremors beneath their skin feeling more like bold lily than I'd ever felt I was even better than the power of Carrie or Dolly feeling the goosebumps rise along Sam's arms knowing that I was the one who had put them there just the very like realistic intimacy of running your fingers up and down somebody's arm as a tease, like as a as a foreplay that is very non-sexual and it's just act, but can be incredibly sensual. And I love that because a lot of romance novels are about the the nitty gritty, the the down the down and dirty, the fucking and God, the cat book was a lot of yes. That. We get a a oh, lot of like I ain't complaining, but oh, we get a lot of no one gentle really intimacy in this book that I really like. Again, real people. Yes, yes. Like the fact, and we'll get into this more as they're like actually starting to fuck. They laugh during sex, mm-hmm. like they have a genuine human connection. Sex is fucking weird. It's fucking weird when you think about it, and so like laughing about it with your partner is like amazing. When you can laugh and, during sex, it's a like it's a really good sign. Yeah. Cause awkward shit happens. <laughs> you fall over. <laughs> For example. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know if I've done that, but yeah. Uh-huh. That's I'm normal. very clumsy, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm not here to judge. No. <laughs> so uh I will say though. We do hit our first little hiccup when they are in that car together because Lily makes the offhanded casual comment 
this is going to be an amazing hookup, which on one hand cuts Sam to the bone because they do have feelings for her. Like there's, it's not just physical, like there is an emotional connection. However, it is kind of also necessary to establish that boundary because they don't know each other that well. And Lily is being realistic. I feel for Sam in this moment so much, but when Lily is like thinking about that moment and she did see like the flash of disappointment in Sam's eyes, but she's very realistically like, we've known each other for one night. We we don't even know each other's middle names. We don't know anything about yeah. each other, you know? And she was trying to protect herself. She was falling hard, but, you know, she didn't want to be like, this is the romance of my life because I've known this person for one night. And I feel like femme identifying individuals have to be very... Like you said, we kind of have to protect ourselves and putting those boundaries and expectations on the table first because you just you just never know with people. Yeah. You never know if someone's going to get weird. You never know if it's going to turn into an unsafe situation. It's better for both parties to just put that boundary out there first. But at the same time, it hurts to see Sam hurt. Yeah. Because you do genuinely like this character. They are just a little grumpy sweetheart you know this is the first kind of oh wait my cozy sweater's itchy near my armpit wait (laughs) (laughs) this is your first little moment reading this book and Uh, the the context for it specifically like why sam does feel this so much is that they have really kept their distance from even physical attraction doing anything physical with anybody since they broke up with their ex and sam says that they have thirst down to a science but the actual drinking is the problem so the first time they decide to go out there and take a drink and then to have lily immediately put you know the boundaries on that when they had been feeling so right about the entire thing like you you understand where sam's coming from too i feel like you you get where both these characters are coming from and it's very well written it you you're not mad at either of them because you're like no that's i get that yeah sam is hurt but lily is also being really rational about this and maybe sam's being a little irrational but you understand why at no moment are you like shaking them they're both just like I said trying to protect yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Ron. It's well, I'm just it's just a little itch in your sweat. Yeah. You know, it's it's nothing super bad, but it makes you feel a little oh mm-hmm. in my notes I had, oh no, oh but I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh there has to be conflict and also Lily's being really realistic about this. <laughs> yeah, but also But also oh, oh Sam, oh no, buddy. <laughs> So they get to Sam. They do. And it's really good. It's good. So I have a couple of choice segments. I feel like we should only read one. We should save some. So do you want to hear the taking off of the dress, the oral, or the segment of fuck me and the actual sex? What would you like to hear? The way you list it like we're at a Costco (laughs) grocery shopping. So would you ladies like us to get some tomatoes for the salad? Should we get some some lettuce? Should we talk about the anal? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. W- would you like the stripping, the oral, or the actual fucking? 
that's the question. You know, I could go for a little oral. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, the line I have is the part about aliens where Sam's having a whole crisis. Oh, yeah, 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 I have that. That's in, that's that's in the oral that's section. Aliens? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the oral. Yeah. We'll, we'll have two orders of the oral, yeah. please. Uh, Thank you. Go. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Let me get in that. Sweet tea also, please. Thank you. Can I have that in uh, plastic and not paper? <laughs> Yeah, you would like your oral this and plastic. Was supposed, this was supposed to be the calm, sweet little episode. This is as calm and sweet as we get. That's what I'm discovering. Yeah, we're <laughs> awful. <laughs> it's never going to get better. No, this is as good as it gets. This is the best. This is the good time. Yeah, this is good times. This is the times you're going to look back no. on and be like, oh, yeah, sing anyway. That was a nice book. Yeah, we weren't good. too deranged. No. Just no. just a touch of derangement as a tree. No. <laughs> All right. I have to mute myself. Hold on. <laughs> Professor Bell, she rasped, and it was like those two words by themselves somehow forced pre-cum to ooze out of my cock. Fucking A. I was really never going to let any student ever call me that again. I don't know what you're staring at down there because I've seen it, and honestly, not that exciting, but if you don't put your mouth on me soon, I'm going to lose my mind. Just as an FYI. I laughed, and it loosened my nerves. I opened her up with my fingers, and she was so wet, so slick on my fingers and my tongue, that it gave me all the confidence I could ever need. And it was easy, so easy to lick her where she needed to be licked, to hum my pleasure against her clit when she voiced hers. I loved how she tasted, the intimacy of oral, what brought you to the earthy, carnal realness of sex, the weird wonderfulness of our bodies, that our pleasure centers were these odd fucking aliens. There were so many ways to make them feel good, so many ways we could make each other feel good, no matter what kind of body we had which is why I increasingly hated the entire concept of gender the more I let myself think about it. We were all just aliens. We all fit together. There were probably so many ways to fit together that we hadn't even thought of it yet. Sam! Lily's voice was oddly high-pitched, and it made me pull away in alarm. You okay? We have now had two instances in a row of Roxy and I reacting the exact same fucking way while you were reading. <laughs> yep. We were... I... So, it's so... Funny to me, like I, if you're gonna do the Patreon, just watch this fucking episode because when when Corinne read the the splitting apart with the fingers, both Andy and I unprompted at the same time did this and looked at each other and lost okay. it. We made a splitting motion with our fingers. with the fingers looking at each other, and I could only see it out of the corner of my eye because I was reading. Uh, yeah. but this is the kind of oh. shit they do when I'm reading. <laughs> but then you did the, like... You love being our producer. You know You it. did the breathy moan and we both went... <laughs> when, you, when you did the voice at the end, we both, like... It was like an explosion went <laughs> off in the studio. Just... <laughs> and we went... So, Roxy's on the left side and I'm on the right side of my Zoom. So, we both went opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm really good at doing breathy moans. Uh, <laughs> we know. You don't gotta. You don't gotta tell. We know. Listen, I will write you a letter of reference any day for that. Oh, good. I need to start my OnlyFans. Get your letter of reference, voice only. <sighs> anyway, I will say it is very cool how we get that viewpoint of it's just it's just you know parts just, just parts. pull them together 
consensually put them together consensually and have fun and make each other feel good. Doesn't yeah. really matter what those parts are. They they go together in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's like a Rubik's cube of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's Rubik's a Magnus cube archives. of flesh. Yeah, that, that's Magnus Archives. Rotate, rotate that flesh cube how you see fit and make the pattern you want in your life, kids. I feel uh, like it's so more bad. like a, a flesh bop it than anything else. If we're comparing <laughs> it to if we're comparing it to games it. that you just your hands. I th- Corinne, I think we've broken Andy. <laughs> that's, that's wow. Bop you it. Should, wow. Twist it. <laughs> Flick it. it. Flick it. Flick it. Do it again. So anyway. One hop this time. So anyway. Flesh pop it. Come on, Andy. You can do this. Come on. You got Flesh pop it. You're doing great. So anyway, Sam remarks it mentally while they're going downtown on the the concept of flesh boppets during sex. How we all pull it. How we all fit together in interesting and creative ways. Then there's penetration. Will you ever look at a bop at the same way again? No. <laughs> Don't penetrate your bop it. Don't have your bop it penetrate you. Yeah, I buy buy things meant. For yeah, it, bop it is not meant for penetration. Have mercy. <laughs> Just like you should. Some poppin' executive is having like a cold sweat right now. Like poppin' sponsors will tell people not to fuck your product. I feel like that's the opposite kind of people we should get sponsoring us. We should have people sponsor us who want people to fuck their product. Corinne, I got an email from a pickle company. Oh God. They saw the strike episode. I think you should. <laughs> uh, listen, if one of those drops or one of those people that have a 3D printer that make the Shrek toothpaste covers wants to hit us up, we will shout you out. I have a 3D printer. Listen. <laughs> so anyway, they fuck and it's good and they're happy. They fuck about it and it's a good time. It's a good time. And then she wakes up the next morning and she's kind of like, oh God, you know, kind of having the freak out, kind of having the like. Hey, I, Did that happen? Yeah, I like this person a lot, but like, and instinctively, she's like, you know, I should have left. But instead, she reaches over and grabs her shoulder and shakes <laughs> and asks them, like, about themselves and things that they love. Because Sam's a history professor. I think we've mentioned that. And there's, like, maps all around the room. And and she just indulges in kind of Sam's whole Samness. And the reason why is... I think I was searching for a souvenir. One thing I could take with me, something that would always make me remember Sam Bell. Because Lily is still in this mindset that this is a one night thing. Like once they stop touching, it's over. Mm-hmm. And that's how she's been getting through this, how she's been maintaining, and in quotation marks, her karaoke Lily persona that she believes she's putting on is because she views this all as still the same night, as still karaoke Lily and not... Lily Lily. You know, Sam doesn't really understand this internal thing going on with Lily, so they have no idea that the reason Lily is asking all these questions is because Lily's just trying to remember them. Sam just thinks, oh, this is going really well. And it was so hard in that moment. I was like, oh my god, my heart, Sam. 
And like one of the most realist things too is they they talk about how they like watching these like YouTube ASMR train trips and like they fall asleep to them and they both cuddle up and fall asleep and then when Sam wakes up, Lily is gone. No note. No note. Nothing. And it breaks their little heart. Oh. Uh, then they have friends that were supposed to be there that night contact like hey are you good and sam kind of gets doing other stuff doesn't answer and so mid-afternoon their friends come over and are like hey bitch what's going on are you dead no then why weren't you answering your phone (laughs) this lesbian couple uh i think it was claire and court yes come over with their son they have a baby named harry and that's why they couldn't make it to karaoke. They couldn't, you know, get babysitting. Stuff was going on. They come over and they check on them. And they can tell they're not doing okay. And they're they're just there to support their friend. It's a very real, real, genuine interaction that is very sweet. Um, I have one line I would like to read if that's okay. Yeah. It was fun, I said weekly. It had been. I was relatively confident on that point. Hold up, Court said. Are you telling us you made new friends? Oh, I could picture Sam's covering their face. I could picture Claire's eyes lighting up. Sam, you made new friends. I don't like it. I moved my arm to see Court shaking her head. You're not allowed to make new friends. Only us. And <laughs> you're the ones who abandoned me. Vomit, Court said, projectile. <laughs> and Sam says, your choice to reproduce. Court opened her mouth, then nodded and resumed bouncing her baby. Yeah, that's fair. That's such a real conversation to have with somebody. I laughed. I was like, yep, nope, that's what it's like to have friends with kids. Yep. 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 That was that was such a real conversation. And this book is full of so many real conversations. Anita, once again, well done. You you write really believable, real characters. Like we didn't even really get to get into uh Lily's group, yeah. which is her coworker. She works at a vet clinic. Uh Lily is the receptionist. Uh, the folks there were vet techs, and one of them was the veterinarian. And, like, they're, it's all very real conversations, real people, realistic scenarios. It's just, it's well done. Yeah. Well done. Oh, my gosh. It's so real. And the fact that Lily is a receptionist and, you know, is front-facing customer service. When Sam finds out about that, they're like... No, that's a hard job. And I'm like, yeah, that is a hard job. I, I did front-facing customer service and online customer service for years. It's so hard. And people really look down on it. Customer service workers should be paid more. I will die on this hill. I no longer work specifically in customer service. But those skills, man. Oh, and I had in my notes, I'm going to share my customer service voice with everybody. Hello, and thank you for coming to Wham Bam. Thank you, ma'am. What can I get you today? Oh, have you never heard this voice before? This is an entirely different person that I put on when I'm doing customer service. Yes, everything sounds cheery and like a question. Go on. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, of course I can help you, definitely. Mm-hmm. Give me just one moment, I'm going to look something up for you. Mm-hmm, huh, yep, yep, okay. I can't, I can't. <laughs> and the yas made it too yeah. real. Also, you have made me want a scary movie. Where it's a retail worker that snaps and they talk like that as they hunt people. <laughs> you have made me. <laughs> I need it. Your I need <laughs> like like flow progressive with a with an American psycho grin, wielding an axe. I need it. 
I'm going to need you to hold on for just a second while I cut you into pieces. (laughs) Dial one (laughs) to in Hablo Espanol. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my customer service voice. Oh, And I just, you know, I I specifically put in my notes that I was going to share that with the pod because Lily does customer service. And everyone who does customer service, that is a fake voice. Nobody in customer service is using their real voice because you have to put up that shield, the shield between you and the customer, because otherwise customers are mean, yo. They're real mean. And if you take it personally, if you don't have that shield, you will cry. So that voice... I I feel like the world would be a better place if everyone had to either work in food service or retail, yeah. like customer service jobs where you are facing the customer. Like I, I've worked many jobs, you know, I worked in catering when I was putting myself through grad school and I was working harder, longer hours. I was exhausted getting paid $7 an hour because it was minimum wage in Arkansas. And now I have a nice job where people are kind to me and respect me and I'm making way more than that. But it's not grueling. It's not mentally exhausting. It's not that same level of turmoil you put yourself through. And for people who work so hard, oftentimes more than one job too, to be looked down on, it's not fair. It's genuinely not fair. Well, there's no Um, such thing as unskilled labor. There's just skills that we look down upon as a society because people want to pay less for it. And that is very much where customer service, front facing, retail, food service, all the hospitality services, they all fall into this category where people look down on it only because they want to pay less for it. It is bullshit. Yeah. All work is skilled labor in some way or the other, except for maybe just like being a billionaire. Uh, but, you know, this is not my Eat the Rich episode. So no. uh, cough, cough. that should be a Chuck Ed- Tingle episode. Cough, <laughs> cough, cough, education, cough. Yeah, cough. education. Yeah. Uh, like Miss Art Teacher. Yeah. Okay, kids, let us get her crayons and get ready to go. Yeah. I could. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. yep. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I should do my therapist voice because <laughs> I try very hard to be genuine with my clients, but there is like a de-escalation kind of oh, voice yeah. you well, have to do at I times, mean, especially course. if you work in a crisis center, yeah. you know. I actually had the therapist where I wondered if the voice he had was his real voice, like the voice that he used, because it was just like the softest, gentlest voice I had ever heard. And it was just coming from this guy. And I was just like, I have never heard a man talk like this before. And I just wondered if he got into therapy because that was his voice or if he had perfected a therapist voice because he was just so kind and gentle and like, shout out to Dr. She. Great guy, but yeah, it's, I don't know, that voice. Good shit. So Lily goes back to work after, because it, it goes, like you get Sam's perspective and talking with the friends and trying to heal from everything and being understanding. Like, yeah, I get it was a hookup, but it still hurt. And then we go to Lily, who is at work. They did kind of consider for a second trying to figure out what vet's office she worked at. Yeah, which is so relatable. I'm like, yeah, me too, buddy. Me too. You, you always. Andy is my Facebook friend. Like, Andy will be like, "All right, tell me about that. (laughs) I'll look this up." You know. Well, and later Sam (laughs) says that they reconsidered being a creepy stalker, but. And it was, that was such a real moment because I think almost everybody has had that moment where 
somebody has dumped them, somebody has left them on red, somebody has done something, and you have that irrational moment of, I can find them. <laughs> Listen, that's how I found no! out that my best friend from high school's wife left him for another woman. Oh. He hasn't talked to me in five years. I didn't, I didn't know this was a tea party. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's a tea party. We have the Moonies G and T. Oh, oh my god. Atlanta, it's a tea party episode. It's a tea party. It's a tea party. <laughs> So Lily's kind of back in her routine and her friends are like, hey, the fuck? And she's like, this the fuck? And they're like, no, the fuck. You're dumb. (laughs) I I love how her friends call her out on her shit. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go talk to them, you asshole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is a good friendship where where they can be like, hey, no, we love you. You're dumb. Yeah. Go to them. Yeah. Her friends are very much like, we get where you're coming from, but you are losing the chance for something really good here. Having a good hookup with somebody who you think is interesting and attractive and funny, that doesn't happen all the time. If that happens, try to pursue it. Like, it doesn't need to be a one night thing. Like, you can do it, make something of this. And she's like, I don't know. And then she has her realization moment. This is the pigeon part, by the way. This is the yes. part where it's like, it's almost like... Yeah, this like, is the pigeon. Uh, a sprinkling of pigeon droppings is in this book right here. <laughs> we make we make a brief stop at the pigeon nest and then we move on. We know you're right and we hate it, Roxy. Yeah. That. <laughs> Every therapist ever, you know we're right and you hate it. Get therapy today. That's going to be a quote. Calling it now. <laughs> okay. I still like flesh popping. <laughs> flesh popping. <laughs> We're all just flesh poppets. All right. Stretch it. Okay. <laughs> so this is when you make your producer just like put her head in her hand. It's just like I want to keep doing the boppet song, but yeah. with flesh. <laughs> I I have really bad self control, and when you all are being as bad as me. <laughs> It's hard to be the producer. Sorry. Sorry. Pop it. I ain't apologizing. You know how it's I am. It. mental illness, isn't it? <laughs> it's all anyway. about mental illness. I am going to read. I'm just always going to have a job. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Our whole generation is mentally ill. That's not true. But it's pretty close. Lily has a realization. Maybe somehow in those few hours at Mooney's, we had been able to see the essence of each other. Through the music we loved, the way our bodies moved and touched, how easy it was to talk about the things that mattered. Like through a few pop songs, we were able to understand who we had been, who we dreamed of being, and the possibility of who we could be now. At least who we could be in those rare, important moments when we let ourselves go. And maybe holding that night tight to my chest forever, because I was scared of what would happen if we tried to pursue anything further, could be beautiful in its own bittersweet way. Romantic even. One perfect night preserved in memory, untamed and untainted. But maybe I deserve more. Maybe Sam, both the person who had listened to the Smiths too much and the person who had collected maps and made me come so hard I almost blacked out, deserved more too. Maybe we could fill in the details later. Maybe when someone saw the essence of you, it would be wrong to let go. And I liked that. And then it's followed with, when I got home, I almost frantically Googled my heart pounding. It was so easy to find them. They popped up right on the university's website. Sam Bell, current class schedule, office hours, university email and phone number. (laughs) And so whereas they had resisted Googling her, she ends up Googling them. (laughs) And it's just, it's very funny to me. It's such a modern book. Yeah. (laughs) 
They find each other through Google. (laughs) Yeah. Lily does a thing that you normally don't recommend to people. And she goes for kind of a grand gesture. She does. But it's not like a creepy one. It's not, it's not love bombing. It's, it's like grand gesture, but more towards kind and not towards like a financial burden. It can be platonic. Yes. It's time spent and shows that she was thinking about them. Yes. Because what Lily does is she decides to do a bold karaoke Lily move and make Sam an outfit because they had discussed clothing a lot and how much it meant to Lily and how Sam didn't really feel comfortable in their clothes, didn't really think of clothes as representing them. And Lily wanted to give Sam the chance to experiment in that way, to feel comfortable in something. Because in a lot of ways, Sam used clothes to hide their body and Lily used clothes to accentuate and feel comfortable in her body. And she wanted to give Sam that experience. And so even if nothing came from it after, she just wanted to help Sam have that moment of joy in clothing even if it meant they weren't getting together, which I I think is what makes it respectful is that she was like, you can do whatever you want with these clothes. You can take them, try them on. You can keep them. You can burn them. I just wanted to try and give you that same joy that I have in clothing so that even if we don't end up together, you still have kind of something to remember me by. And I like that. I, I thought it was very, it was very sweet. This is a really sweet book, guys. It's so sweet. It is. It is. And and Lily shows up to their office, apologizes profusely, is like, I got in my own head. I didn't know how to handle this amazing connection. I, I'm an asshole. Here are these clothes. And like the way the clothes are described and how lovingly they were made and like how soft and feminine they are. I, I believe Sam is AMAB, non-binary, born as male. I may be wrong, but in the book, it's hinted at that they haven't explored more feminine clothing. They've only kind of stuck to things they're used to, things that make them not be perceived. Yeah, the only um, thing they've really experimented with was a little bit of makeup, and that was at the pressing of their friends. Yes, yeah. yes. Never really clothing. Never clothing that they felt themselves in so there's this very beautiful moment of sam feeling the fabric enjoying how it hangs on them a very real moment of noticing a little gut and hating how it looks and lily being like stop that right now it's just the body mm-hmm. you look beautiful in this outfit don't <laughs> but i thought you don't might you feel that. bad about this pencil skirt so i have a different skirt and then she pulls out one yeah, with an yeah. asymmetrical hem that's flowier. And Sam's first reaction is swishy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is so real. Yeah. You know, that, that femme joy mm-hmm. of a swishy skirt yeah. or something that has pockets. Yeah. You know, the little things. It's such a heartwarming exchange. And then more fucking happens. Yeah, I, I call this the makeup <laughs> slut. Makeup smut. They get pretty handsy in Sam's office. <laughs> Before they get handsy, my one of my favorite lines ever is from this. Sam is talking to Lily, and they say, "Show me your quiet parts, Lily. You have no idea how much I would like to be maybe a little boring together." Oh yeah, I loved that part so much. 
I got both you bitches. I got both Fuck of you, you having a favorite quote in this Fuck book. You. I win the podcast. This is a competition. <laughs> I win. Eat my broken toe, bitch. You wish I would. Yeah, I win. <laughs> oh, and Season one. there's this whole like, beautiful section about Lily talking about how she didn't feel like she could be karaoke Lily. And, and that's where that sentence comes from is Sam yep. being like, you can't fake who you are, but also I want to see the quiet parts. You know, we, none of us are our most exciting at all times. If we were, we'd be exhausted. We all have our moments. We have our Moonies moments. They're still a part of us. They're just not all of us because nobody can be that on all the time is essentially the moral. And I was so glad to see that because that's what I thought, like this entire story. I was like, who they are at Moonies is who they really are, but it's not all that they are. And I just love that that was the moral of the story the entire time. I loved it. Loved it. And I, I feel like since all three of us do have our own jobs and professions, but we are also in the sphere of content creation, I feel like we can very much relate to that being your best, most bright, extroverted self versus just sitting next to a friend and watching a YouTube video or like reading a book together, you know, or like playing a little game on your phone, just the normal little boring parts Yeah, where you can just exist with someone. You know, it, it doesn't make you a fake person if you're one way one day versus if you're one way another. They're just all different facets of you. People are not one dimensional. Yeah. And no. I think this book really made that clear. And a lot of books struggle in that aspect. Characters making them feel real is hard in a lot of books. But in this book, it was so natural because... In a way, that was the entire story, is that people have many facets. People are weird aliens that just fit together, and they're boring sometimes, but also they can be magnificent. And bodies are just bodies. Bodies are just bodies, yeah. They're just bodies. Sometimes they're weird. They're, they're just flesh bodies. I knew you were going to fucking say it. I knew you were going to fucking say it. I knew you were bringing it back. And with that, we're all just flesh bobbins. They start a relationship and the book ends and it's cute and amazing. Yes. And so, what, what do you rate it? What do you, what do you rate <sighs> it? I'm going to give it a five out of five. I love this book. Yeah! <laughs> I also am going to give it a five out of five. It was. Yeah! Is it, this is the first five out of five. First five out of five. I, I'm oh. not going to Simon Cowell this episode. There's nothing to Simon Cowell. It's just a good book. Anita, you fucking, five fucking out of they five. bossed. Five. You they bossed it into the ground. Way to go, they be. Proud Fuck of you. Yeah, they be. <laughs> Anita, you knocked it out of the park. Seriously, I'm going to be reading more of your stuff. So well written. I love these characters. I, I hope every character you write is as good as these two. I'm going to stalk you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stalk you all night. No, 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 no. On socials. On so like... God, every episode we got to be They crazy. provide their socials in the book. You. In the back of the book, they gave us permission to find them on social media. Consensually. Consensually, yes. they cons- gave us permission right in here. Anita, we're going to consensually follow you on social media platforms. Yeah. See, it's, yes. it's in the acknowledgments. If you're right. interested in more queer love stories from me, sign up for my newsletter. And then they list their website. Or follow me for updates on Twitter at Daffodilly or Instagram at Anita Kelly writes. 
It's right there. It's not stalking if they Fuck give it yeah. to you. <laughs> I'm ready to be tingled. I feel good today. Let's, I'm let's ready. Let's tingle. Let's say, yeah, we can tingle. And we have fanfics. We do. We do. We do, we, do we want together. Do we want fanfics or do we want to oh, tingle? Oh, yeah. Oh, what's up to you guys? I'm good with either one. This. I feel like we've been tingling and then fanfic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's time for our tingler. This one is a special selection for our musical fans out there. I'm going to give an honest review. I'm going to take this in as though it's my very first time meeting Lady Bootfuzzle. Pulling up to the premiere, I find myself having a hard time focusing on the task at hand. The second I climb out of my car, I'm assaulted by fantastic sights and sounds from every angle. They're towering before me, a giant saber-toothed cat that gazes down at the red carpet below. Spotlights shining off into the sky, waving from side to side as they crisscross in graceful dance. A crowd of fans is gathered nearby, screaming every time another one of their favorite actors or actresses emerges from their limo. They seem disappointed to see me, some unknown with a handheld recorder. But seconds later, their mood is brightened as the actress, Megan Montus, climbs out of her ride. I have to admit... I'm a little starstruck as well, taken in by her appearance up close. I've been to plenty of these premieres before, but this particular moment is something truly special. One thing I can already say that I love about Sabretooth Cats, even before witnessing a second of the film, is their choice to cast real Sabretooth Cats as their actors. While there are plenty of prehistoric beasts roaming through Hollywood, most of them are covered in scales, not fur. I have no doubt about the authenticity this is going to add to the performance. I'm so lost in thought that by the time Megan has stepped out in front of me, I'm taken completely by surprise. Hey. The beautiful Sabretooth offers, smiling with those notorious teeth as she greets me. Hi, I blurt, suddenly remembering that I'm here to get a few interviews before heading into the theater. I've been completely thrown off by this picturesque creature's ravishing good looks, and now I'm struggling to pull myself together before I seem too much like a fool. Unfortunately, it's probably already too late. You're a reporter, right? She questioned, still smiling, but now a hint of mischief behind her eyes. Yeah, I am. I blurt, holding out my hand recorder, struggling to turn it on. Thanks for stopping to talk to me. No problem. You seemed like a good time, the beautiful saber-toothed cat replies. This excerpt is from Eaten Right by a Sabretooth Cat at the premiere of the bizarre and frightening film adaptation of Sabretooth Cats the Musical. Looking for the sexy bits? Well, those secrets are Chuck's, not ours, and we don't kiss and tell. You can find this book on Amazon and Kindle for two ninety nine. I knew it was going to be fucking cats. You said <laughs> musicals, and I was like, no. <laughs> Sabretooth Cats. Cats the musical, the film the adaptation. <laughs> Sometimes it takes me a while to find a tingler. I found this one in five minutes. I was like, Chuck Tingle music. And like I scrolled through and I was like, ah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a damn Judy Dench joke that works with cat shit and it's not happening. <laughs> like cat stuff, not excellent. Sorry. I'm just remembering Dame Judy Dench and Ian McKellen drinking out of saucers of milk. Why would you put that back Release in my Release the brain? butthole cut. I've seen the, Release I, the butthole I've seen cut. the butthole cut. You I have? saw it in theaters. I saw it before they corrected it. I, I need to see the butthole cut. Do you think it exists? So many actors still just had normal hands is all yeah. I'm saying. So many. Normal hands, but cat buttholes? No! I'm Googling right now. I saw the original edition that was released in theaters because my brother-in-law wanted to see it as a Christmas present before they changed it. Do you celebrate the birth of Christ with the cat butthole movie? And my my brother-in-law was very high. It was my gift to him. (laughs) Frankincense. Meh. And Judy Dench's feline butthole. These are the three gifts we bring to you. 
while the great star is bright in the sky. <laughs> the wise men bringeth the butthole cut. This how has real. this turned how has this turned into what it I has? love the energy in this room. But yeah, no, I saw the original version before they changed it in theaters and experience. I was completely sober. My brother-in-law was high as a kite. Question. Yes. I am seeing a butthole cut on YouTube, but their buttholes are weirdly pink. Is that real? I don't remember. <laughs> I, okay, if they were, I feel like, I feel like you would have remembered See, these buttholes. See, I don't know. It's all a weird blur. Because while I was completely sober, I was so flabbergasted <laughs> that what, what I was watching. I, oh. It was an experience that'll never leave me, and yet at the same time, it feels like a fever dream. So I remember oh. specific scenes, like the dancing cockroaches and Dame Judy Dench at the end of the movie just licking her hand and staring at the camera, and Ian McKellen you, drinking milk from a saucer just staring at the you camera. sound like someone being interviewed after a disaster. Exa- that is... You, <laughs> you sound like a reporter brings someone out of the rubble and they're like, tell us what you saw. It happened so fast. Where's my, where's my family? Yeah. I saw, yeah, I, I was, saw her butthole. I was traumatized. I was confused. It, it, it was, it was like it, a shock and awe attack occurred on me. And my brother-in-law was high as balls beside me. And I was just like, there was like four other people in the theater. It was. Christmas Eve or day. It was Christmas. I, I saw get, it. <laughs> I will do the fan fiction in just a second, but I found a Screen Rant article where at V for Victory-ish on Twitter found a butthole they forgot to remove in the final cut. This is the worst, worst butthole. <laughs> I... See, so the, the butthole cut is real. It, and I saw it. I've done with seen these it. eyes. <laughs> I don't remember the buttholes because I blocked them out. But I, I know I saw them. I don't know what they looked like, but they were there. And everyone <laughs> had real hands like and real feet. Half of them, and half of them had cat feet. And you sound like you were abducted by aliens. <laughs> and you're trying to explain the experience to us, and we're like, sure you were. It wasn't just LSD. And yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, sure that's what seeing Cats the Musical in theaters before they changed anything was like. I'm sure after they changed it, it was still a fever dream. But before they changed it, it was a special fever dream and only certain people saw it. And now it feels like we're all in this weird mass hallucination together because we saw the butthole cut in theaters. You altered the timeline. <laughs> okay, well, on that fucking note. The butthole cut. Fiction time. I have found two fan fictions that fit our I searched for the tag karaoke in particular. The first one is called Knowing Me, Knowing You by Grimy Society on AO3, archive of our own. This is specifically for Corinne. It is Darcy Lewis and James Bucky Barnes. Yeah, my boy. Your OTP. I'm basically any. I'm trying to learn your language. I'm basically trying. anyone with Bucky, except for like creepy people. 
is a, is is good for me. But Bucky is my Glorbo. If you're looking for okay. the language of the people, I'm a favorite Steve, character. Bucky. Yeah, I'm a Steve Bucky. I'm a Darcy Bucky. I'm a Sam Bucky. Like I'm good with all of them. But he he is my Glorbo. You're fucking with me. No, Glorbo? it's a real word. It comes from Columbo. I'm pretty sure someone tried to remember Columbo and they came out with Glorbo. They called him Glorbo. Yeah, and that was their favorite little guy. Yeah. Glorbo. Did 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 we lose many Blorbos in the AO3 <laughs> site shut down of 2020? No, no, the Blorbos, it's, they're fine. They're safe. Tumblr, they're safe. Tumblr okay, kept them safe. Okay, okay. So. Because I did, I did hear about yes, that. They, they discovered I, my condolences. they had a, a DDoS attack. We were down for like 28 hours or something. And like my the God. fan fiction community was dying. It, it was it, trending. It was a yeah, thing. Yeah. I saw a normal hashtag. Hashtag I survived the AO3 shutdown of 2023. It's a DDoS attack. Yeah, it was a DDoS attack. Fucking so lame. (laughs) Go after a bank or something. Leave archive of our own alone. They're an important historical thing. Thank you. Yes. The summary of Knowing Me, Knowing You by Grammy Society is Darcy and Scott will always end up singing ABBA's Knowing Me, Knowing You every Thursday. They tend to have an audience as well, which includes Darcy's crush. It's Bucky. (laughs) It's about 2,600 words. It's, yeah, it's a vibe. I haven't actually read this one. But I, I sent it in the group chat, and I have a feeling that Corinne will have notes on it in the Discord for us. Yeah, I will read that, and it'll be cute as fuck, I'm sure. Um, I do love Darcy. She's so, she's good. I, I really like, oh, I can't think of her name right now. That actress. That one in that one movie. <laughs> yeah, I know who you're, Darcy's actress. Is- yes, Darcy's actress, whose name I know, and I'm going to yell after this recording ends, because it is not coming to me right now. Nope. She's great. I love her. And she is actually the face inspiration for my D&D character. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah. So, so when you think of her, think of, wow. think, think of Vera. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I will never not be able to make that connection. <laughs> the other fan fiction is one that's a fandom that you are now in, Corinne, but Roxy and I have been in, which is the Magnus Archives fandom. Yes. Yes! It's so good! It's really good. It's a fun horror podcast if you're into that yes. sort of thing. Yes. Uh, please check it out if you like horror. It's so good. I... But Woody yeah, horror. Yeah, horror. I, I wasn't... Horror. Like Night Vale. Resisting watching it, but it was one of those things that people kept recommending to me, and then these two recommended it to me, and I'm like, well, now I have to listen to it, yeah. you know? Fits with the Cannibal Cat book, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in season two right now. Maybe getting into season three. Yeah, yeah I've been listening while I work. Yeah, uh, so good. So there are some shipping in this as well. You know, there's shipping in every fucking thing. No spoilers. Love and Blood and Whiskey is the name of this Ooh. one, and it's by Archivist underscore Essa. I love that. So fun fact: the voice actor. For Jonathan Sims, the archivist, is also named Jonathan Sims, and he was a singer in a band called The Mechanisms. And so there's a tag that is, The Mechanisms are John's college band. So that's that's a thing, okay? So the summary is, everything is actually going well for Jonathan Sims for once. He's properly friends with all of his assistants now, and when they invite him out for drinks, he is very pleased to accept, until he discovers that it's karaoke night at the pub, and Martin's favorite band is one he's intimately familiar with. He's going to murder Tim. <laughs> and 
And it's it's a karaoke fake where one of the characters like kind of bullies him into singing some of his old songs and someone who has a crush on him is like, oh my God, I have a crush on him twice. Is this Martin and John? Yes. I As soon as you said you had Magnus Arias, I was like, is it Martin and John? It's Martin and John. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. I, I just, they give off the shipping vibe, like- I it's personally the grumpy sunshine thing. Keep yeah. listening, keep listening, keep listening. <laughs> I personally ship them. Not everyone in the fandom ships yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I personally ship them. <laughs> Some people in this world eat Tide Pods. Not everyone's smart. <laughs> but our listeners are very smart, and they don't eat Tide Pods. They instead subscribe to our Patreon. God damn it. <laughs> two. That's two. Is this how we're going to close it out? I fucking guess. That's all I have. All right. Close us, Corinne. <laughs> Shut this bar oh, down. Close it. Oh, wait, real time. quick. Real quick. Real wait. quick. One of the gifts she also gives them is a map of oh, the bar. Oh, yes, and I oh, love yes, that. I like maps. It was so cute. It was a map of the bar of Moonies. Yeah, yeah, Okay, it was okay. That was a map cute. of Moonies okay. that had, like, little hearts for all the places they had moments, and it was the sweetest shit. Like, if someone did that for me, yes. I would be like, I love you forever. <laughs> I'm going to write this. You're never leaving. (laughs) The door's already locked. (laughs) This is the final episode of season one, but never fear. We have a special Halloween episode and then season two will be on the way by the holiday season. Looking for hot content and even hotter vibes? Check out our Patreon. You can find it linked in our Twitter, WBTYMPod. You can also find us on Instagram with the same name and we have a Facebook page if you're into that kind of thing. Please follow, rate, and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Tell a friend, chase down a coworker. We've got so much love to give, and we need your help to spread it. Finally, we'd like to thank Acorns for our theme song. This has been Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am. We hope we've left you thoroughly satisfied. Get flirty. Get flirty. And stay dirty. Not too dirty. No. If you get too dirty, just lick a Tide Pod. Not <laughs> in the episode. In the episode. Want more wham, bam, thank you, ma'am? Can't get enough of our sexy voices and even sexier brains? Join our Patreon at the flirt level for only $3 to gain access to ad-free episodes, monthly book polls, and the patrons-only portion of our Discord. Looking for something more? Our one-night stands at $5 also get episodes one week early, access to our personal reading notes from each episode, and a special customized gift in December. We have so much to show you. All we need is a little commitment. Interested? Check out our socials, WBTYMPod, basically anywhere people congregate. Each one will link our Patreon. Can't wait to see you there.